This is Sophia. And I'm Victoria. You're listening to It's All History to Me, Auburn's History Radio Hour at 8 a.m. on Thursdays. Each week, we will interview a history professional with the theme of bridging the past and present. Let's get started. I am in a conventional dither with a conventional star in my eye. Hello, and welcome back to It's All History to Me, here live on Legal 91.1 FM, or whatever time and place you're listening to outside. This morning, we're celebrating a really special episode of it being one year of our show. Woo! Yay! It's technically tomorrow, but we're not going to stop us from celebrating on technicality. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And it is Leap Day, so that kind of adds to our um, one-year anniversary being special where, I guess, calendar day-wise, it would technically be today. I guess, if you think about it that way. So yeah, it's exciting stuff. Happy to be here to celebrate. Absolutely. It feels like crazy, like reflecting on our very first episode and like to compare it to now. Because like, I, we were just like flying blind that very first episode. Like we were supposed to have somebody sit in on the show and then nobody actually came to sit in on the show and we didn't fully understand what we were were doing because they like went over like the board that sits in front of me while we record so quickly and that I like it was so hard to retain everything and just trying to like figure it out before we had a guest and then like it was like crazy because we figured it out and then it was like a week off and then we had to like relearn it in order to prepare for Dr. Blair and that was like stressful in itself and I remember I was talking to um someone from our political history class and he was like I can't imagine like being a freshman and like interviewing the department chair and I was like I didn't even really think about Dr. Blair being the department chair I was more like ah first guest like (laughs) oh I have to I have to figure out how to like actually like take what I this episode should look like in my head and put it onto paper Right. Yeah, yeah, yes. Definitely a lot of planning and that learning curve of the technology with the uh, combination of our content production and all of that. So yeah, it's been an amazing experience, though, and definitely something I'm so grateful for. And yes, um, we really are lucky to have such an amazing history department here at Auburn that was so supportive of us getting started and willing to wake up at uh, 6 a.m. to come and join us for our 7 a.m. airtime for our first season. So yeah, that was definitely a um, fun additional layer to navigate as well. Yeah, it's funny because, like, now guests will be like, this is really early. Like, I don't know how you guys get up this early. And it's like, wait till you find out what time we used to have to get up to do this show. (laughs) Yeah. Because it is a lot worse. Yeah, our seniority status or growing seniority status is definitely helping us as we get the time block that's uh, the best for, I guess, uh, (laughs) being the most awake during the show. Yeah, I I like our 8 a.m. slot so much better. Because there are also people now who are, like, doing this at 6 o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's true. I have so much respect for you because 7 a.m. was already a little too much for me. <laughs> that was, oof. Yeah, yeah. And it's exciting to look back and see, like, all the different variety of guests that we've gotten to have, too. And definitely really enjoyed how much we've learned as well. Like, I think that's one of the things that I'll take away the most from this experience uh, is just how much we've learned from our guests that we've had on. Yeah, I would agree. I think also it's kind of been like 
bad in a good way, I guess, because before doing this podcast, I thought that, like, I was pretty set in what I wanted to study and do, and now, like, looking a year later, I'm kind of, people will be like, oh, what do you want to do with your history degree? I'm like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree that, like, the windows of opportunity have only expanded since we've done this, and I've seen that there's so many different directions you could take a history degree, so, yeah. Definitely, I guess what you're saying, it's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially, like, what to even, like, study if you're picking a more, like, academic track. Because hmm. I think about Dr. Craig's episode a lot with the tourism history. And I oh, think yeah. about, like, how does tourism really affect the way that we look at the world and how do tourists look at the world and what's appropriate and how should we adapt sites to accommodate that. And I think about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've been thinking, yeah, that pairs really well with the class that we're taking right now, public history, and such a neat, like, I guess, lens to look at the world as well, because we've always been tourists uh, to some capacity for quite some time. So how that's evolved and then how have our sites evolved or not uh, to fit the change in the, I guess, viewership or the people that are coming to see it. Yeah. Um, last semester for me, for my honors research methods, I forgot the classmate for a second. <laughs> um, we did like, it would have been a, we had to propose, we did basically the, like, in, leading up to like the end project was like a grant proposal. Mm. And the proposal we kind of put together was like a comparative analysis of different World War II battle sites in Europe and how visitors are like, affected by those sites oh yeah um it was really interesting yeah Um, absolutely it's like not a super big field it feels like at least from what we could be able to like research and things like that but it's definitely like worth looking into yeah yeah absolutely and thinking too just like I guess the relevancy of all that we've been talking about too has definitely been something that's impactful as well and the importance of our conversations and it's just been great to get those experts in here to come and talk about different periods in history that I guess either are more well known but they have a more nuanced understanding of or are less well known and they're able to uncover for us so it's been fun to have those different themes every semester and challenge our guests to uh, fit their understandings of history into that theme yeah for sure um I have to ask, do you have a favorite episode? Oh, that's so hard. I was thinking about that on my way here. And oh, I feel like each one has had a lot of really special conversations or important moments that have stuck out to me. But if I had to pick like one overarching episode to be my favorite, I really enjoyed when we did our special homecoming episode with Dr. Wilson and the Nun. Yeah, that's a good one. I wasn't even thinking about that one. Yeah, yeah. And that one seemed like a special one, too, because it was kind of like applying our own like vision of history, where instead of talking directly to historians, we were talking to, well, they're both historians in their own right, but uh, people that had experienced or special knowledge about Auburn as a whole. And so kind of doing that, like, I guess, public history work in a sense was really uh, exciting and a fun way to celebrate uh, Auburn. Yeah. What's was, your favorite episode? Oh, no. I shouldn't have asked this question. Oh, no. <laughs> there are, like, a lot that I think of. I feel like if I'm usually as someone, like, if I'm going to recommend, like, this podcast to someone mm-hmm. and tell them where to start, probably not the introduction, but because <laughs> uh, we've already spoken about how it's kind of crazy. But 
I would probably tell them to do like either Dr. Dombey or Dr. Jordan's episode. Yeah, yeah. I think like every guest brings something like really strong and unique into the studio, but mm-hmm. I think those episodes like I remember like leaving the studio and being like I feel like very confident in that episode. Yeah. And I also feel confident in the fact that like we could have talked for another like two hours at least. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. We were definitely able to get some great stories from both of them and their areas of expertise are so fascinating and really good for like this medium, I think. Yeah, and I think like Dr. Jordaners is like kind of I guess more fun in the sense of mm-hmm. like talking about like myths and things like that. But also I think Dr. Dombey had, like, really good things to say about the lost cl- lost cause narrative. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it kind of would show, like, I've putting those two episodes, like, as our best, I would say, kind of says, like, we can be a little silly, but we also talk about very serious things on here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And something special, too, I feel like about our podcast is that since – it's a radio hour and a podcast. We're able to send it out. And my grandparents have been uh, a special listeners, which has been a lot of fun to get to share that with them. And uh, they like to say that it's like having a mini history lesson every week and almost like sitting in on a college class. So I think that that's really fun and a special thing that our podcast gets to do. Yeah. Okay. Before coming to the studio today, I checked our listening numbers and I feel like I need to announce them. Oh, so yes. Drummer, please. Our current listening count is 767. Woo! Oh, that's amazing. Which, that's crazy. Yeah, wow. 760-something listens. That's super exciting. And that's not even counting our on-air listeners. So to all of you that are listening live right now, thank you, too. I'm going to check our Instagram because I don't... When did we hit 1 million? Not 1 million. <laughs> no, no, not there yet. <laughs> Whoa, that that would be crazy. We hit 500 in November, so that's, like, pretty impressive. Yeah, but. that's right. We're growing. Yeah. Oh, very exciting. We hit 151 in May, so that's wow. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see what the next year will bring so exciting yeah yes thank you all for listening yeah and i'm also just like looking i guess looking back over the past year kind of amazed at how much like doing this podcast has like influenced my life yeah um or getting the opportunity to sort of talk about this podcast and what all we've learned about it much more in uh, April of this year at the yeah. Alabama Historical Association Conference, um, which we're really excited to, to go to. Absolutely. Um, so it's going to be a lot. It's like things like that, but also just like getting to know my professors and the history department as a whole and people outside of it as well mm-hmm. to a much like greater extent than I would have ever as just a normal student. Because mm-hmm. if I had never like started this podcast, I probably would not have known a lot of my professors, uh, or not, or a lot of the his- professors within the history department and outside of it, just because there's so much and there's only so many classes you can take, and it's so interesting to like think about all the opportunities 
this podcast has afforded me and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Getting that deeper window into like what the life of historians, what the life of professors look like and the work that they get to do has just been super rewarding, rewarding and to get to share that with a larger audience as well, I think really means a lot. And hopefully is doing a good job of promoting the uh, history profession, the history major, the life of an <laughs> academic in a way that will get more people interested and excited in uh, pursuing it. Yeah, and even if like no one, eight people who listen to this like never really think about history outside of it, um, I hope like I think it hopefully challenges your perspectives and what you like know about the world as is, mm-hmm. and you learn a little bit from it. It's yeah. sort of my hope doesn't need to necessarily be life-changing but I hope I hope it's worth it at least to tune in for an hour when you could turn and tune into anything else really yeah yeah I absolutely agree and I always enjoy just getting to work during the week to put together our questions and thinking about what how this conversation will lead and it's always been a fun surprise to see like what the information is that our guests are willing to share with us and I think it's just such a good practice for life too of going into conversations with an informed open mind if that makes sense and I feel like our podcast is a good kind of testing ground for that and uh, realizing that a lot of benefit can come when you have an open mind and are willing to learn and listen. Yeah, I agree. And on that note, we're going to take an ad break, but we'll see you in two minutes. Welcome back to It's All History to Me. If you're just joining us, we are celebrating one year as a podcast. Woo! And to celebrate this achievement, we want to bring it back to our very first episode and do something very similar of talking about history and the news and why it's important to study history. So, to start off from, I wanted to start off with an update from the last time I spoke a year ago. Um, I spoke about how, um... The issues with AP African American Studies and how the College Board had like greatly edited um, the curriculum in order to prevent Florida from banning it. Mm. Um, but since then, Florida has banned AP African American Studies along with a lot of other stuff. Um, woo, Florida. Hmm. Um, And I spoke a lot about book banning, which continues to be worse. I think there's, I should have looked this up before, um, the, during the break, but I believe Alabama is trying to ban, um, a lot more books as well. And just, it keeps getting worse and I'm tired. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also talk Part of this update I want to talk about was something that the Alabama legislator passed this week. Um, is that they passed the House passed a bill that um, would prohibit schools and other public entities from having DEI offices or diversity, equity, and inclusion, or teaching "quote unquote" di- divisive concepts, mm. which they define 
um, as um, any, indi any individual should accept, acknowledge, affirm, or assent to a sense of guilt, complexity, or need to apologize on the basis of his or her race, color, religion, sex, ethnicity, or national origin. Mm. <sighs> Dangerous legislation. Yeah. Um, it's really disappointing to see the Alabama legislator do this, and I don't know if this bill were to get passed how this would affect Auburn um, and it's just very disappointing I'm sort of trying to I'm struggling to find the words here because it like it deeply hurts me to watch my own state legislator do this mm -hmm. and I'll talk a little bit more about another thing that they're also trying to do later because um, it's just a, a deep, it's just a lack of, like, accountability for oneself to not be able to say, like, we did things wrong in the past and now we're not even going to make the attempt to sort of teach them accurately because mm. we are so, of we do not want to feel that hurt and guilt that comes along with acknowledging the past mm -hmm. and the wrongs that people who came before us did. And it's just, like... The um, senator who's leading the charge is Senator Will Barefoot, and he said it's at, like, removing wedges was his words, mm. and that this bill is an attempt to pull the divisive languages out of schools, out of the classrooms to teach history accurately, fairly, so that everybody can be regardless of color of skin, sex, or national origin, end quote, which has historically always been true, that <laughs> everyone has always been treated fairly. And it's just, like... Not only is, like, a severe whitewashing and, like, watered-down history dangerous, just but I'm just so angry <laughs> and so disappointed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And definitely, I feel like it's a mirror to looking at what history can do when it's something that people want to limit. So having that important conversation of the fact that history is meant to be something that's challenging and having something that people can learn and grow from is the point of teaching history in school and giving students the opportunity to learn histories that may or may not be reflective of the uh I guess, the idealized version of the past they would have liked to see. But it's important to know that, you know, humanity is flawed. And when we have these flaws, we have to discuss them so that we can learn from them and grow from them and change so that they don't have to be something that's perpetuated. So having that come at risk is definitely what we're saying is something that's a struggle and not, not something we want to see because we want to be able to learn from the past, not uh, just I idolize it. Yeah, I agree um, full-heartedly. Um, I, ha I follow the, um, I think it's the Coalition for Masters in Material Studies or something like mm -hmm. that, and they sort of have a quote that's like, history should make you uncomfortable. Right. And it's like, you should be in a history class or in a museum or watching something, not every single time, because not everything might cause you to, like, re-look at the world differently, but mm -hmm. if... S you were re watching or learning something, say, about slavery, you should sit with that discomfort and right. it should make you uncomfortable. Right. And it's very frustrating that's like, 
instead of just being uncomfortable for a few minutes, we've just decided we're not going to talk about it at all. Right, right, yeah. And that uncomfortableness should be, I guess, you know, in a sense, comforting, where it's showing that your conscience realizes that the past is something that you don't want to perpetuate. It's not something that you feel good about, and it's something that you want to change. And isn't that the point of history, is to realize what we want to change to make the future better? Yeah, and I'm thinking of, like, a different state legislator who was, like, um, who changed, they changed the curriculum, I don't remember where this was, but they were, like, that enslaved people um, learned skills during slavery, so it was, like, a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship, mm. and it's just, like, it's things like that, and just, like, teaching it in a way that doesn't make people uncomfortable mm-hmm. allows almost for, like, a gaslighting of people who came from or descended from people who struggled with these um, very big injustices. Mm-hmm. That's just sort of like, well, it actually wasn't even that serious. So mm. maybe you should let it go. And it's just like, instead of trying to like, come like meet those things and come forward and say mm-hmm. like, here's this is wrong and let's make change. We've just decided to be like, we'll just not teach it then. Oh. Yeah, yeah, definitely not, not good mindset it's not a good mindset to have of risking that sort of mentality of saying that if it's uncomfortable I'm going to avoid it or going to augment it so it feels more comfortable just knowing that you can have those moments of uncomfortableness and that's okay because you can grow from them and yeah just definitely definitely an important moment to be considering and realizing that the power of history is on the precipice of being at risk and having the opportunity to get to have discussions like this to hopefully share our perspective and open minds of what we see in this legislation will be something that can at least spark some good conversations. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then I have a second one, courtesy of the Alabama legislator again. (laughs) Um, Senator Chris Elliott plans to introduce a bill probably this summer that would take funding away from our state archives um, because of a the Alabama Department of Archives and History holds these food for thought programs where they invite like different professionals to come in and talk about different aspects of history. Um, And I believe they're on like Thursday afternoons unless they've moved the date since last time I recall. And the one that sort of sparked controversy was Invisible No More, Alabama's LGBTQ History. Mm. Um, And so this is a quote from Senator Elliott. We're not trying to blow up archives and history or anything like that. I and others, which has turned out to be quite a few co-sponsors so far, are trying to send a message. But at the same time, archives and history does some great work. And we want to be cognizant of that as well. Um his sort of like reasoning for that was to quote engage our um that engaging in pragmatic activities or sponsoring pragmatic activities where the underlying conversation or the underlying reason is highlighting the achievements of some individual because of what they do in the bedroom and this irritates me to sort of dismiss queer people in queer history as just something that it's like that's private and you shouldn't talk about it. And it's just like one aspect of a person's identity instead of acknowledging 
how closely how queer people have always been a part of Alabama's history and to sort of say like we're not going to acknowledge that because it's none of our none of your business or none of our business is very frustrating Mm. and to like sort of watch the like the Alabama state legislator tries so hard to just like prohibit any sort of story that highlights anyone who isn't just like a white man Mm. is so frustrating because you're just excluding so many people and it's sort of like the same thing that we were literally just talking about it just says like if you sort of don't acknowledge how what it was like during like the worst of it what's to say that doesn't happen again Mm. and what's to say like like people wouldn't just like dismiss how much discrimination the queer community faced Mm. and continues to face today and I'm just I'm angry (laughs) I'm angry at 8 (laughs) a.m yeah yeah definitely two very loaded pieces of legislation that tie really well into the focus of our podcast which is to get to bring to light those uncovered untold stories and you know the like and if the that becomes at risk it's definitely hits close to home for us as well and yeah again it's just the idea of history is that open sharing of knowledge of understanding what the past was like for all the perspectives that the past included and if you limit that opportunity to learn from other people's perspectives I feel like that can really impact our capacity for empathy and our ability to see from multiple perspectives, which I feel like at large is something that we see the country struggling with or just humanity in general struggling with that uh, ability to empathize and see other perspectives and be willing to compromise. So again, if you limit that at the source of where empathy is developed, then it's definitely not going to be reflective, reflected well in society at large. Yeah, and on that note, we're going to take an ad break, but we'll see you in two minutes. Good morning and welcome back to our one-year anniversary celebration of It's All History to Me. This morning, Sophie and I have been discussing uh, current history, and we're going to continue a little bit of that with here our reflection on the evolution of what has been going on since we first started. So I was looking back at kind of the outline for our first conversation, and we were talking about how the different, like, I guess, purposes of history, and this ties really well into what we started our uh, second segment with this morning. And so kind of just recapping that, uh, we talked about in our first episode that history provides a better understanding of the world, helps us learn from mistakes, and helps us understand identity. And I think this really touches exactly what we were talking about before the break. So uh, if you're listening live, we'll hope that you'll, uh, if you feel so inclined, look up our podcast and go back and see that. And for our podcast listeners, I'm sure you've already heard that. So really thinking about the connection there uh, is definitely integral. 
And so I guess since we talked last week, history underpins all of the current events our world is grappling with. Uh, Just like our conversation with Dr. Clary about the Ukraine and Russian war, and then as well the Israel and Palestine conflict can definitely uh, tie back into history as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so in another kind of more exciting vein, today is Leap Day. And so I thought it could be fun to share a little bit of a brief history on the concept of Leap Day, which happens every four years. So I was looking into it and Leap Day is really factored into the calendar because every full year is one Earth rotation around the sun. And that actually takes 365 days, six hours and nine minutes for the Earth to complete its cycle. And so this essentially is a quarter of a day. And so every four years, those quarters add up into one whole day that has been added on to the end of February. And so I guess really realizing that the reasoning for this is that without the extra day, our seasons would happen in months that don't line with the current calendar. It would be less predictable. So kind of thinking with that, I guess it's really like the logic of every second counts and it all builds on each other. And I was like, oh yeah, well, I feel like that really ties into uh, the ideas of history. So that's kind of a fun moment there and also ties into like the evolution of the calendar. And so we could talk about that history too. But yeah, what do you... What do you think about Leap Day? <laughs> um, I think Leap Day is kind of fun. Yeah. I'm a Leap Day defender. I agree. Um, I agree. Except for today, just because <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to for spring break. But <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think it's like interesting. Um, I, like I was thinking when you were talking, I was thinking about like similar to that and like daylight savings time. Mm-hmm, yeah. And how like something about, f- it's like, Originally because of farmers. Right. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin Franklin tied in with it, too, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting if, like, this is kind of... No. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I, like... I This is, like... I feel like everyone is a lot more positive about Leap Day than they are about Daylight Savings. That's this true. Trying to rephrase that. Yeah. Because people were, like... I think, like, it feels, like, more fun. Like, all like a bunch of businesses today are doing, like, a bunch of, like, leap day deals or whatever. Mm, yeah. And then it's, like, daylight savings and everyone's, like, oh, the <laughs> clock moves back. Yeah, oh. that's true. And that's coming up here, too. The fact that we're going to be flying back and, like, that's going to be during it is going to be driving me nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One more time element to consider. Ha, huh, yes, yes, Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, so Leap Day is definitely a fun concept here and ties into that like evolution of the calendar. So we had a one calendar, but it was off because of that extra time it takes, the 365. So we evolved to have a Leap Day. However, it's interesting because I was reading that there are some people that have uh, devised an alternative calendar for us that instead of having a Leap Day would add an additional week to December. I believe is what their logic would be. And the way that they like kind of justify their calendar is kind of interesting because they say that it'll be like, you know, every year with the calendar that we have, the day is one day of the week later every year. And then with leap day, it's two days changed. Well, with this alternative calendar, every day of the month would be on the same day of the week every year. So kind of a little uh, tricky logic there, but they've suggested that that could be an alternative method if we were interested in evolving in that way. So yeah, another 
another thing to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. The calendar logic and the history of the calendar is something that I kind of never thought about. But it's true. The calendar has a history. And we uh, synthesized a lot of different cultural perspectives of what time is and what seasons are to develop where the world really exists on now. So that's kind of a neat, neat moment of collaboration. Okay. So changing topics for the second half of this segment, the other thing that I thought could be a fun kind of like tie into our one year anniversary would be uh, highlighting some museums and histories uh, that have gotten their stories told for the first time this year. So there's a neat list that the Smithsonian Magazine put together of some museums that have opened in the past year. So I thought it would be fun to kind of highlight a couple of those. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at this, um, the Kansas Amelia Earhart Memorial Airport. Yeah. In Atchison. Um, don't let the crabs find out that they're doing this. But um, <laughs> uh, this is so cool. They're, like, using Art Deco design motifs on the walls of the hangar, and they have her bright, he- bright red Lockhead Vega 5B. That's so cool. Yeah, super cool. Yeah. And another exciting opening was in Charleston, uh, South Carolina, I believe. Are you getting that? Yes. Uh, yeah, so their International African American Museum, which we talked about in one of our classes, um, just recently opened, and that was after a long-anticipated kind of a couple of delays, I believe. So that was an exciting um, story. And something important about that museum is that it exists in one of the biggest, I guess, ports for slavery uh, and the slave trade. So definitely important that that story is being highlighted in that specific location. So another great opening and more stories being spread and uncovered and told from the perspectives that have historically not had their stories told. So again, another important moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also looking at this um, fossil parking museum. Oh, yeah. I love dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go to this. This is so cool. Yeah. It's it's a great uh, compilation of uh, really global museums uh, here that the Smithsonian has put together to highlight. And yeah, uh, the Grand Egyptian Museum in Cairo, Egypt. That one has some really interesting um, exterior, uh, I guess, architecture. It looks like it's a play on the pyramids in the shape of the triangle. So are, are you looking at the Grand Egyptian Museum? Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, it said that it was on the impending opening list for the Smithsonian in 2020 and 2022. So exciting that they will at, that they are open now. They opened in the last year, 2023. And yeah, the artifacts in there tell a special and important story as well. Uh, let's see. It includes the reconstructed Khufu ship, a once buried ritual vessel belonging to the ancient Egyptian pharaoh Khufu that dates back to 2500 BC. And rising up from a desert plateau between Cairo and Giza pyramids, the museum is still slated to be the world's largest archaeological museum, sporting an incredibly vast collection of ancient treasures and artifacts in one of the oldest countries on Earth. So, yeah, that's all. Direct quote from the Smithsonian Magazine and a great plug for that museum, too. I'm looking at this other one. This one is a Cold War bunker in Denmark. Oh. Um, it's a formula nuclear-proof proof bunker that remained one of the country's best-kept secrets for decades. Interesting. 
Wow, yeah, yeah. That's cool. The the architecture design for this one as well and the concept art that they have on the Smithsonian's page also seems super fascinating. It'll be also interesting because I know that there, there are two new Smithsonian's. Mm. One is uh, the National Museum of the American Woman, and I don't remember the other one. Was it Asian American Stories? Or Asian American Maybe. Museum? Maybe. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, those are both in development. It'd be cool to see those, because I remember we, for our public history class, we read an article from the director of the uh, National Museum of American History, Mm -hmm. and he was like, as the Smithsonian keeps creating museums like that, and like the uh, National Museum of African American History and Culture, um, where does the National Museum of American History come in, Mm -hmm. and like, what keeps people coming back to that one in addition to those other museums and what exactly is American history Mm -hmm. and how do you like combine the the history that's in those other museums without just being repetitive right and things like that yeah yeah that definitely was a big uh thinking point for me too because I got to live in DC or close to DC for two years and that was a really exciting time to get to go and see all the Smithsonian's and as they've continued to grow and get to tell more stories show more of their artifacts it's definitely been really an exciting moment then also trying to figure out how we're evolving this narrative to be more holistic but then also what holistic stories get the honor of being told in the central Smithsonian as well versus the uh, more specialized stories that have bigger spaces to get their histories told, which is all an important conversation to have of what that main history, or I guess not main history, but you know, the, I guess, center touch point, what stories that one tells is definitely a neat conversation. And it'll be exciting to see what they do to uh, fold it all together. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to take our last ad break, but we'll see you in two minutes. Welcome back to It's All History to Me. Um, If you're just joining us, that's unfortunate because we're wrapping up today's episode. Um, And as usual, we usually start off our last section with a trivia game. Mm. But today we're switching it up a little bit. Um, And I have a trivia game courtesy of the History Channel. Mm. Not sponsored, but we could be. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I pulled a couple cards and we each have some and we're going to quiz each other on a couple questions. Yeah. Yes. Flipping the script here and we're the ones getting questioned. (laughs) Yeah. It's all fun and games until we have to do it. That's true. (laughs) Okay. First question. Who is Miley Cyrus's godmother? Ooh, Dolly Parton. Yeah. Woo! I would be insufferable if my Dolly Parton was my grandma, godmother, to be honest. I'd be like, my godmother, Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay, my first question. Black History Month was first recognized by which president? Oh. Yeah, I did not know this either. I don't even know how old Black History Month is, and that's yeah. really shooting me in the foot. Yeah, it's 
It's a less recent president. Okay. Um. Was it Clinton? Oh, no. It was actually Gerald Ford, who was our 38th president. I can't believe he actually did something. <laughs> I, oh, dang. Okay. Second question. Who invented the super soaker? Oh, <laughs> that's recent history. Um, The company or like the individual? The individual. Oh, man. I thought that it was like the nerf company that invented it but as far as individual uh, i honestly have no idea is it someone famous that i should know i don't think so but i feel like i've heard this trivia question like before oh um, interesting it's lonnie j g johnson oh cool cool very fun invention <laughs> yeah yes yes okay uh kind of tying into our uh, civil war uh history oh conversation we were having earlier which union cavalry officer was instrumental in the union victory at appomattox station i don't know anything about the civil war <laughs> i guess i'm gonna go with grant ah uh, yes yes that would be a solid <gasps> guess but actually it's uh, george a custer <laughs> i don't even know who that is yeah the name sounds familiar i'm sure i'm sure i learned it at some point you took it, uh, Dombey's Civil War memory, so you probably mm. have a better idea. <laughs> ah, yeah. Well, that was fun. Definitely uh, good for us to be in the hot seat with the trivia for a, for a change. Yeah, a little bit of karma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The, now to the last two questions we end every hour with. To start off, why is it important we study to study history? Ooh. Uh, another great question. And it's been so rewarding, I think, to hear the different answers of all our guests for the past year. And something that's really stuck with me was I liked what Dr. Davi said um, in his episode, or maybe he just told me in class. I don't remember. But anyway, this is attributed to him. But he said that history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it rhymes. And I think that that's a great way of looking at uh, history, that it may not be an exact replication of one event to another, but it could be a very similar version that, you know, has similar undertones. So I guess it's important that we study history because it gives us the opportunity to have a more holistic understanding of where we've been so that we can more confidently chart where we're going. And I kind of like pull the analogy of you can't lead an organization without knowing how it was led before you. So even though it's not necessarily, I guess, leadership, well, really, I think everybody does lead in their own right during um, their lifetime. And so they need to know how others led it successfully or poorly so that they can make their own decisions moving forward to uh, lead the people that they are going to interact with throughout their life, whether that's in a formal position or not. So I'd say that we need to understand history so that we can be confident in the direction we want to go. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would maybe like add on a little bit to that. It's mm -hmm. saying like it provides a little bit of an, it provides a better understanding of injustice and conflict in the mm. world and, like, thinking about our most recent episode with Dr. Clary mm -hmm. and, like, having a better understanding of different world events, like the Russia-Ukraine war as right. a result of just taking the time and sort of, like, learning what came before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And giving us more confidence in 
like I guess our own identities too of knowing that there's people we can um I guess see ourselves in in the past as well okay and now to ask you for our second um annual question what advice do you have for current and future students of history or uh since we are current students of history what advice would you give yourself a year ago um I'm gonna like the advice I um I guess the advice I'm gonna sorry I oh, no. didn't <laughs> I don't know how to phrase my answer. The advice I'm gonna give is like you're doing fine. Aw. Yeah. Like enjoy what you have and like you don't always need to be running around with like a chicken with your head cut off <laughs> at any given moment enjoy what you have and learn from what you currently have and like you're gonna be okay is my advice yeah oh that's such good advice yeah and I think too one thing that I've really taken away from our first year of podcasting first year of radio houring is that everybody that we've had in the studio has had their own like unique path to make it to where they are today and that for a lot of them it seemed like that path wasn't necessarily something that they could plan fully for. Of course, they had to go into it with, you know, agency and willingness to pursue what they wanted to, but they had an open mind nonetheless and were willing to uh, take every opportunity as it came. So I guess my advice that I would give myself today and a year ago would be to just continue to chart your course with confidence and understand that, you know, opportunities are going to come. And if you do a good job in taking them, that it's going to lead you to where you're supposed to be. So, yeah. I agree. But um, chart your course with confidence definitely sounds like something we would be on the board in Elbar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is for those who don't go to Auburn or liberal arts major. It's our liberal arts career prep class. And they were like had this whole thing of like, let your path like go where it wants to oh yeah yes yes and so when you were saying that I was like I was thinking about that yeah (laughs) yeah it's easier said than done for sure I agree all right to end the hour we want to always end with some thank yous thank you to the history department as well as our faculty advisor Dr. Schultz for their support thank you to the College of Liberal Arts for their same support and thank you to Weagle for their support and their airtime without you we wouldn't be able to actually broadcast or talk Um, about what we do and thank you and lastly thank you to our listeners we owe the success of our past year as a podcast to you yes we do and we hope that you will keep listening for years to come so thank you and with that we won't see you next week but we will see you on the 14th so peace out you've been listening to it's all history to me the show dedicated to exploring the people places and ideas of our past Be sure to tune in next Thursday at 8 a.m. for more. But for now, keep it here on Weagle 91.1. See you next time.